John Doe, you're the hope of the world. thinking it could go like See how it works. If it works good for you. One of what? The thing I just did. We just I don't know what that was. All right, we just spent 45 minutes going over the intricacies of this bit right now, and you don't want to contribute to it right I now. I literally don't know what you're talking about. I feel like you just made something up off the top of your head. Okay, hold on. Let, I think we're recording. Are you trying to like imitate the lawnmower outside? We're no. Okay, for, let's do intro because I think we're recording. 
Uh, let's do that. I'll do that now, and then we'll go off. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Actual Comedy Presents, an actual podcast. I'm Angel Ace. Hey, and I'm Erin. Um, and you guys might hear some uh, background noises. Um, the first one we should explain, Should it might be like a, what is that, a lawnmower or something? I think it's a lawnmower. It's like a lawnmower or a leaf cutter. Uh, we don't have to do any of the uh, garden gardening. Like lawn maintenance? Yeah, we pay people to do that, right? Oh, yeah, we yeah. we overpay people yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you might hear that in the background of that. Uh, we're going to try to, I guess, drown it out with the sounds of hilarity. Yeah, the smooth sounds of hilarity. All right, so let's go back to what I was doing. Uh, we were talking about if Frankenstein took over for Aaron Lewis when the Stained reunion eventually takes place, right? The band Stained? Yeah. Eventually they're going to reunite, and they might need a new lead singer because I think Aaron Lewis is a big, uh, a bit right-wing at the moment. I think he's in Kid Rock's camp. So he's not allowed to play for Stained anymore? I don't think the other guys are down with, with the sickness right now. Do you think that the rest of Stained is more, like, left-wing? Mm, I don't know, but I think They're that, on the outside? I think, yeah. Well, there you go. Okay, so that's another song. So do Frankenstein doing uh, Outside. I'm on the outside. No, okay. I'm going to stop you right there because you're, you're saying the words. You have to, it's 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 more of like a feeling of when you do the grunt, you know? Uh, there you go, yeah. Uh, All right, I like it. I like it. What was the other one? There's like one more that's like a really popular stain song. You got the outside. I don't think oh, I know another one. You got one. a... Uh, 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 I don't know what song that is. And everything I can remember. You remember that one? Is that Stained? Yeah, and it's been a while. Featuring Aaron Lewis? No, that was. I think he wrote that's music for them. Oh, so he wasn't part of Stained. He was in the beginning, and then. Then he left. I think they stopped touring, and then he started doing like solo shit, and then he got really like right wing. Like, he started wearing Confederate flags on every piece of clothing that he had. What? Yeah, I don't think he's down with the, the the trans stuff, either. He's been saying he's on the outside. Yeah. You think I that's know. what it's about? Maybe he's, like, just jealous that people are able to live in their truth and he isn't? Yeah, I think that's definitely what it is. I was... Should we talk about that thing earlier that we were talking about? I thought, <laughs> that yeah. was pretty funny, where if someone in the closet is considered part of the... LGBTQ community community well they're part of the community but they can't tell anybody but then we were like what if they're like proud like their thing is being in the closet so they just go to pride and like a like a fake door yeah but the, you oh what if that's what those uh like protesters are doing what do you mean like what if they're not really protesting the movement or the message they're just doing it because that's the only way they can come behind doors Oh, maybe that's it. Oh. Like a like a glory hole kind of situation. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm excited about today's show. Are you excited? We have a, a couple of topics here. Yeah, we got a lot of topics. I feel like we didn't um, like finish with last week because um, I remembered some stuff that I was like, oh, I gotta share this. So yeah, there were like some stories that you were like, I totally forgot to even bring this up. Yeah, because it was just so much. We started talking about funerals a lot last week. Yeah. Um, because it was started because we watched some show called like. Buried by the Bernards. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah, bur- buried either by or with the Bernards. I think but, it's by. But it's about this family in uh, where are they? Uh, Arkansas. We talked about this last week, so yeah, basically, yeah. go listen to the last one. But we watched that, and then we just started talking about how crazy funerals are, and like, like what a, a weird as like an idea, right? Yeah, it's just like yeah. I mean, before I I don't know. What would you call this? Contemporary times? Modern times? Modern times. Modern, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the last time I was on Earth was, like, you know, during the times of, like, Dracula or something. Reincarnation? Yeah. Oh. Were you... The last one that I, like... I don't know. That you remember? Everything's alien to me on this timeline. Yeah. I don't know. why. It's just weird to me that we spend so much money and resources and shit on funerals. Yeah. And I was thinking like, about... Um, why don't they just put their heads on pikes like old Dracula used to do? Was that their funeral procession? Mm, well, to the his enemies, he used to put their heads on... That's why they called him Vlad the Impaler. Because he would Well, I wasn't saying enemies. I was, like, doing Dracula things during Dracula times. I'm saying that feels like the last time I was reincarnated on the planet. Oh, like... Like kind of like claiming like you survived nine eleven, but you were like down the street or some shit like exactly, that. Okay, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Exactly. I survived nine eleven. I was right outside Philadelphia when it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you so some... yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about some fun funeral uh, experiences. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because it's so weird and like the the what I was trying to say initially before I got caught up with Dracula was um, before, you know, modern times, people would just bury their own family, usually on their own property, and, you know, it wasn't a huge thing like it is today. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, once you start moving, like, into cities, like, you don't have, like, a whole plot of land, Mm. so it makes more sense for, like, a city to have a cemetery because not every person has enough room on their own land to bury the they're deceased right and then some people have bigger family than others exactly that too they need more land to bury right so i mean we know that it started around the civil war but to me it's just always seemed like such an alien thing that we do yeah like um like i've been to a couple funerals in the last couple of years yeah yeah um the last one was for my grandmother mm. who she passed away in Florida and then they had to like ship her body up here on a plane yeah to be like I guess dressed by the funeral home that like did her what is it a wake I guess funeral service yeah when they do it all in one spot it's like everything all in one were the funeral services the ones who shipped the body and did they have to pay extra for refrigeration I don't, I'm, sh- I don't know. I, I don't know anything about that. I think probably what happens is they have to contact a funeral home in 
Florida, have them We're come together. pick up the body okay. and then contact the funeral home in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And then they probably have some setup with like the airlines. Hmm. That's of, interesting. Like, where, you know what I mean? I got some... How many bodies do you think are on every plane that's like flying? That's a really good question. Like how many, like, you on know. On average? Do, I would feel like I would want to know that before I got on a plane. I'd be like, how many dead bodies are on this bitch? Well, before I but then it on. goes to, like to the next level of like what did they die from right yeah also that also that like if somebody like died recently in a plane accident I feel like putting their body like back on a plane on a plane will probably be okay like the it's like one of those lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place type of things uh, like you might be statistically safer I don't know yeah but Mar- uh, Mariah Carey <laughs> Martha Stewart yeah, uh, she got struck by lightning three times. Well, she's so. an anomaly. Uh, so am I, though. So that's, that's why, true. like, I don't, you know, I don't want to fucks with planes with, like, bodies on board. Yeah. But, so, they they, they start the procession or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So, anyway, we go to my grandmother's funeral. Yeah. And it's, like, weird anyway. Because my dad had passed a few months before that. He was cremated. Mm. And for some reason, it felt less sad to be there. You know what I mean? Like, to not have the body there. But, like, my son, who was there, was, like, seemed to feel more um, comforted with what he called the corpse. Yeah. Remember when he kept calling my grandmother the corpse? He was excited. He was like, this is the first time I saw a corpse. I never saw a corpse before. Can I touch it? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, uh. No, duh. I was, like, afraid to take them there because I was thinking, like, you know, they were going to be scared. Well, it's also one of those things where it's, like, uh, it's a part of life, right? So they have to experience it someday. Right, right. It's, like, one of those things where, like, as a parent, you're, like, do I do that now or do I, like, try to shield them from it? And like, Well, wait. I couldn't really shield them from my dad's thing. Because, right, because they were so close. Cause, yeah, because yeah. it was, like, you know, we, they, they were together so often. Yeah. And, but what I'm saying is, for me, not having a body at his funeral was, mm. like, less sad to me yeah. than when we were at my grandmother's funeral where there was a body there. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's because I'd already, like, seen my dad after he passed, so it wasn't like I didn't yeah, have yeah. that closure. True, 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 So yeah. I guess there's, like, both of those things. But anyway, my oldest daughter, as we were going wait, to the wait, present- wait. But before that, let's talk about the service itself, because they told us to get a playlist together of all these, like, uh, Christian hymn songs, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we show up with uh, what we think is going to be fine, uh, a, a, an electronic device that has all the stuff on it. Yeah. And the funeral home looks at us, and they're like, what the hell is that? We, we don't have the technology to <laughs> They had, like, a Victrola there, and that's it. <laughs> they're like, they like, you could pick through these records. Yeah, maybe, maybe in these records, the songs are on there. Uh, did you talk about the 9-11 pins? I was going to get to that. All of the guys at the funeral home, and they were all very elderly. I mean, they looked almost uh, lurchish. Yeah. A little weird, right? Fits very weird. Type. All of them were wearing 9-11 pins. Why? And it wasn't close to 9-11. Like, it was in June. Not even, like, an anniversary? Actually, it was probably pretty close to this date because she actually might have been today. Oh, no. Or the 19th. I can't remember because she died on the 9th. She died on my aunt's birthday, which I accidentally, like, uh, what is the word? I oracled that? No, no, no. No, I can't say that, but I did accidentally. Um, anywho, so where was I? 
telling the story. The oh, yeah. Things. So we have these freaking weirdo guys that like are running the funeral home. They're all wearing 9-11 pins. Yeah, that they guy all that like, had that weird speech, right? He kept talking about uh, the story of Lot. He brought it up like like 50 times. Do you remember that? Was that the pastor? The pastor, yeah. The, the one guy, he was like, he was like really like nebbishy, Jewishy for some reason. Do you remember that? Did he have like a beard? No, no. He had like glasses. He's like a little tiny old white man. And uh, he kept <laughs> bringing up the story of Lot. Really? Yeah. He brought it up like, like at least a good three, four times, like in different parts of the one speech that he did. At my grandma. Was this at the graveside? No, at the at, at the, the funeral. Funeral home. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, dude. Was, I was, was pretty weird. much... Di- I dissociate during sermons, so I don't hear anything that they're saying He's usually. trying to feel the spirit. Yeah, I just, like... I don't know what it is. It's, like, the stories that they're telling. But I don't know why he would tell the story of Lot for my grandmother, who was 96. That's what I'm saying. Like, like- <laughs> I can understand saying at one time to be, like, you know, we have to learn acceptance or whatever. Especially if it was, like... I mean, not that it wasn't tragic, you yeah. know, but since it wasn't, like, some young person or something like that. It's just weird to try to, like, hammer that point down of, like, oh, all's well that ends well. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he what kept, are you doing? I, well, they're there to, like, reinforce the Jesus thing. Thing, right yeah 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 that's what they're they're all there for yeah so um yeah it was just that was weird and then when we get to the we after the funeral we they might for some reason my aunt decides to set the funeral up so like the funeral the services the night before and then the next morning yeah is the burial is the burial but yeah. it's not even like quick service burial or like you know quick I don't know what is it called viewing and then burial yeah it was like we had to meet literally up met them in the, the with the hearse in the parking lot at the funeral home they're like don't come inside stay with your car so we can make a line of traffic yeah and then we're gonna what did he say we're gonna take uh one last trip around the, the town or some shit is like that, that what he is that what we did i think so yeah god you better paying more attention than me because i was like what the fuck we took this fucking long ass route to get to the cemetery i don't even know where it is yeah because we passed three of them on the way there and i'm like where are we going yeah yeah well this um, was one of the and we played pull fu- over that ass too fat yeah this was one of the last funerals that i've been to like relatively sober too so it was one that, like, I had to, like... I was on remember, animals. Remember the things that... Yeah, we were on a lot of Red Bulls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we did play a lot of uh, hip-hop, uh, ghetto ghetto booty hip-hop. The stuff I thought that, that felt appropriate up. for her procession. Yeah, she would have loved it. She would have loved it. Um, so then we, we get to the... So before we leave, we're in the cars. There's only, like, five people in the line of the procession because my grandmother's 96. Pretty much everybody she knows has you know gone before her yeah so there's like five cars yeah and my oldest daughter was in the car with my mom and she's next to me and she rolls down the window and she's like we're not gonna have to carry the casket are we right and as a joke we were like yeah we all have to like help out yeah yeah when we get there and we'll all have to carry it yeah and just left it at that yeah. But we were totally joking because we thought, yeah, you know, we were dri- obviously... After we said that, we were driving the whole time laughing at her thinking... That she's she going to have to carry a casket. Yeah, well, we're blasting. <laughs> That's pretty fucked that up. We probably should have said that to her. But then we get to the, uh, the cemetery, yeah. and... Uh, we all walk over to the graveside, yeah. and then the the hearse pulls up, yep. and the guys open up the back, and they're just standing there, yep. and they're like, "All right, who's gonna carry this?" Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "There's like four of you. What do you mean, who's gonna carry this?" Yeah. Like, it was me, you, my 
daughter who was what 13 or 14 at the time she was she was uh casket carrying age i guess so we ended up really having to be pallbearers like surprise pallbearers yeah they get out of the car they pull the casket out of the back of the hearse and then they just stand there and stare at us and we're like oh uh do you want us to like walk over to the grave and like wait over there and they're just like staring at us and we're like uh, the one guy literally was like, well, somebody's got to carry it. It was a weird, like, Mexican standoff of, like, yeah. whoa. I'm like, you uh, guys fucking work here. We paid you for this. Yeah. Now we have to carry I mean, not that it's not an honor, blah, blah, blah. No, but, no, like, no, 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 no. It's not usually you set up who the pallbearers are going to be. Yeah. And usually it's, like, a few, like, young young men, you know? Yeah. There was only you and my cousin who's, like, in his late 40s. Me and your cousin were the only, yeah, men who put put their hands on that cat, which would have pissed your grandma off, I feel like. I know. She would have wanted all men. Yeah, She would have yeah. been pissed that the guys there didn't do it, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would have been like, I paid you fucking 20. No, she would have never said fucking. Yeah. But she would have been like, I paid 20, however, some thousand dollars for this. And, you know, they don't even carry me over. Because she had people carrying her everywhere. Before yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's funny to have to carry her one last time. That's what I was gonna Felt say. Appropriate. Was that like one last like <laughs> to get you? Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you had to do this so long. Like, all right, this is the last time you gotta do it, but you're gonna have to do it. I couldn't believe it. I was just so. It's a pretty just, funny joke. It's, it's hilarious. I mean, and then I kind of like. I mean, so before that, my like I said, my dad had passed away a few months before my grandmother, who yeah. is my dad's mom yeah so obviously that's a hard thing for a parent to deal with for yeah. when your child goes before you and she was pretty old and my aunt was in town caring for her when it happened mm-hmm. and we had the funeral home that did my dad's service although he was cremated yeah um we had already met with them and they said well if your mother-in-law or his sister want to come and see him before we do the cremation let them know yeah yeah because we're not going to probably cremate him till the weekend yeah so i told my aunt and my grandmother they could go and visit with him yeah and they had already cremated him before Oops. Uh, and then I felt, because, like, my, my aunt and I don't have, a, like, the greatest relationship. Yeah. It might be all in my mind. She might think that we're, like, BFFs. But yeah. um, I feel like, I, I felt like she, it was like a, she felt like it was a slight or something. Like, I did it on purpose. Yeah. Which I would never do, but it's no. kind of funny to think that, you know what I mean? It like, it's fucked up to, and funny. It would only happen to you, though. It it's, would. Yeah. It, it would. Had, it had to happen that way. Honestly. It had to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild. It's a lot of, like, two weird funerals back-to-back, but one way substantially more weirder than the other. Yeah, well, I uh, mean, and it was, like, at this old-ass-looking funeral home that, like... Yeah. I, I would never even have noticed it being a funeral home unless, you know, th- that... They had, like, a wraparound porch. They had a wraparound porch. They had, like... I don't... It feels like every fun- funeral home has the same, like, out, outside director, though, or outside de- mm. decorator, because they all have the same little, like, uh, like... I don't know. This is a green and white striped curtains. You All ever right. notice that? I did. So let, let me get into these. I, I wrote down, uh, I went through uh, the uh, the search engines and I went out <laughs> and I, I searched some, uh, some facts about funerals that uh, we didn't really get to last week. Um, so I'm going to read these facts to you. Uh, these aren't facts that are like written down. These are facts that I like derived from my own reading so these are my facts oh your funeral facts my funeral facts so angels top facts about funerals um there's seven here 
I have it abbreviated in my notes as fun facts. Fun, Angel's fun facts about Angel's top fun facts about funerals. Funerals with funnel cake, but there's seven here. That seven part we have to add at the end. Um, so number one is kind of a weird fact. Um, when you search uh, history, I, I was looking for the history of funerals and like see, to see if anybody had like. Encyclopedic knowledge of like funerals um, and like the history of them, um, but I noticed something that was kind of funny. Um, if you go into like any of the search engines, Bing, Google, uh, DuckDuckGo, whatever, um, and you type in history of funerals in America, um, most of the pages that show up uh, connect to websites that offer a, a section of their website let's say history of funerals um, that are usually located in like the about section um, but these websites are for funeral homes what do you mean so so if you go into like Google or whatever and you type in history of funerals in America all the top search results are hosted on pages that belong to funeral homes what yeah it's like you know Johnson's Family Funeral Services. Here, here's a history of funerals in America, or like fucking satellite funeral services. Here's the history of funerals in America. And so it's the funeral homes that are writing the funeral like uh, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. A little weird, right? Yeah, that's super weird. Didn't you say that there was like they were all owned by like the same like conglomeration of like funeral homes? Yeah. And then, I'm gonna get into that. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get into that in a little bit. Um. But it was weird that I noticed uh, this on a couple of pages. Some of the facts, quote unquote, that these uh, pages referenced uh, as like facts about uh, funeral history, um, they referenced other websites that when you click on were just websites for other funeral homes. What? <laughs> yeah. Is there anything on like Wikipedia that has facts about there funerals? There is, but again, like that's something that like anybody can go in and like. Uh, alter, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So unless there's somebody like constantly monitoring the page that has good intentions, that uh, information can be altered at any point. Um, but I just thought it was funny that like if you try to get any information about funerals and the history of funerals, the top search results are going to be like from funeral homes. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Because um, yeah, like oh man. So. It's a conspiracy, I swear it is. Yeah, well, here's the second fact. Um, until the 20th century, funerals in the U.S. were organized by family and neighbors and held at home, like you were talking about earlier. Uh, people were often buried on their family property, um, and that's it for that fact. So that was just, like, verifying what you were talking about earlier. <laughs> um, the third one... Just mansplaining what I said? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the levels here, and I feel like I have a little uh, buzz. You got a buzz? Hold on. But let's both stop talking for one second. You do got a buzz. I saw it. I've been seeing it. All right. Hold on. Let me, uh, damn it. Oh, boy. All right. Looks like we're back into the recording phase. Hell, yeah. Um, so I cannot stop talking with my hands. That's okay. That's part of your DNA, right? It is. You have to go with the flow sometimes. I know. That's, but, you know. Um, so, uh... Let's get to the third uh, funeral fact that I have. Uh, Angel's top five funeral fun facts, um, but there's seven. Um, Undertaker 
refers to the person who undertook responsibility for funeral arrangements. Oh, okay. So that's where that word comes from. Um, many early undertakers were also furniture makers because building caskets was just another part, like a... Like another know, piece of furniture? Another piece of furniture that you would make. That's pretty funny. Um, like, what if you just get, like, a whole house worth of furniture, like, when you move in, including your caskets? Ooh, can you inherit caskets? I don't know. You I mean, sh- The metal like, ones you should be able to, right? Because the body decomposes after a couple years. And then what do they do with them? Just rinse them out. And then do they reuse them? Hang them. Just hang me out. That's what I'm wondering, though. Are they reusing them? Mm, I would. Not for me. I don't want to get a metal coffin. That's so terrifying to me to be buried alive. In metal? In anything. In wood, at least you got a chance to try to break it. I think there's a lot less chance now for you to get buried alive than there was like a hundred years ago. Probably because they do that embalming shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to, they're going to like make a peep before they start embalming you. Well, it's funny enough. uh, Number four here. uh, Although embalming goes back to the ancient Egyptians. In the U.S., it began during the Civil War when it became necessary to preserve the bodies of dead soldiers uh, for the trip back home. So uh, that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the Civil War thing with uh, the embalming. And I think that's when they started doing the other things surrounding it. You know what I mean? So what like, do you mean? Like uh, like other, like the presentation of the body and all that shit? Yeah, so I feel like before they would probably do it like at the site or near the site of wherever the person died right yeah and then ship I think the that's body what they did. back to get it buried wherever if they wanted it buried somewhere else and then when they came up with this embalming technique quote unquote uh they were like well now you don't have to do that part of it immediately you can just wait until the body gets to the place and then just do the party there well here's what i wanted to know like, when you're doing a war, right? Mm-hmm. War is happening. Yeah. Is there, like, a time that it starts and stops? Mm. Like, is it, like, all right, it's, it's 10 over. p.m. Everybody is going to take a nap for, like, six hours before we get up in war again. Do you mean if there's, like, breaks in between? Yeah, like, you, is everybody, like, take a break? Because, like, when are these embalmers, like, doing their embalming? You know what I well, mean? they're not part of the war, right? Yeah, so are they going to be like, all right, guys, time out. Embalmer's coming in. Well, no, and are think, they doing it for both sides? I think the, the rules of engagement, uh, they're supposed to leave those people with the like red crosses on their helmets. Like if, if you're like a sniper soldier for like whatever opposing country, like you're not supposed to shoot the medic. Yeah. Or whatever, like fair game type shit. Um, but I don't think people adhere to that. I, w- I would think that that would be the first person that they would take out, like, logistically. To like, the sure. medic? Yeah, that makes the, sense. Because the, I thought, well, on MASH, age. didn't they always take the, the guys from the other uh, the other side, the other team? Who? The surgeon on MASH. No. I never really paid too much attention to well, that they show, were but... they were pacifists. They were doctors that were pacifists, so they didn't agree with the war. So, so they saved some... So they treated whoever was sick that came to them. Okay. Yeah. But that wasn't a typical practice? I don't think it happened like that in real life. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe MASH is based on a true story. What was it? The Korean War? Oh, I thought it was Vietnam. Uh, it's all the same shit. Um, so, yeah. Embalming was after the Civil War. Um, here's the thing about caskets. This is number five. Uh, by 1950, there was over 700 companies manufacturing caskets in the United States. What? At the time... 
over 50% of the caskets sold were made of cloth-covered wood, or, you want to take a guess at what the second one might have been made out of? Copper. Nope. You give up? Cardboard. Oh. Cardboard. Okay. This I mean, just, that's what it they... It just breaks down in the ground, and everything is fine. Like, after, like, 100 years or so, it's just all dirt, right? Right, like, right. But now they're putting, like, these metal fucking... Oh, maybe they're batteries. Well, no, though. I think because of what I told you about that thing, now that you're only leasing your gravesite. Oh, yeah, So yeah, you're yeah. only using that metal casket until your remains, like, are, you know, completely, like gone except for your main bones yeah, and then yeah. they take those bones and they put them in a smaller box yeah yeah so i'm like okay then what are you doing with the casket exactly exactly um it would be funny to drive by a cemetery at like a certain time and you see them uh trying to air dry caskets in the back somewhere <laughs> like what are you doing man um, well they were doing that shit on that show remember they were just like surfing it they were surfing with the casket, and then they had oh, it, like... best funeral ever? Yes. Well, they were trying to figure out how to float the casket, because yeah. What was the story? The guy liked the... Uh... <sighs> mom had never taken a trip to Hawaii. Oh, So they were okay. doing, like, a final luau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they sent her her casket out on, like, a, a raft. Yeah, but they're in Texas, so it was uh, probably just in the Gulf of Mexico. And I don't know, did they, like, retrieve it after it was done? Mm -hmm. Or did they just say, like, that's it? You know what? At that point, it didn't matter. The family was happy. They paid. Their check cleared. It was fine. (laughs) Um, But uh, to go back to the coffin thing and the casket thing. uh, Yeah, cloth-covered wood or cardboard. Um, By the 1990s, though, metal caskets represented over 60% of the caskets produced in the U.S., that's crazy. So, from 1950 to 1990, there was like an increase in the metallic coffins and caskets, and uh, I guess now that's the one that like predominantly is sold. Um, currently, here's some shit for you. Currently, two casket manufacturers account for over 60 percent of the caskets produced in the U.S. What? Who are they? I didn't write them down. Are they? Do they make anything else, mm. or is it just caskets? Caskets and, and furniture. I mean, I'm just wondering. Unclaimed caskets. Here's what I'm wondering: like when people go and they they like some people go and they'll set up their own funeral like before they die. Yeah. So they go to the funeral home and they're like, okay, I like this casket. I like this, you know, prayer handout. Yeah, I like yeah. whatever. They pick and they the set all that shit up. Yeah, they do all that shit like before they die. So, like, when you get this metal casket, I wonder if the people from the funeral homes explain to them, like, the like, aren't you curious of, like, what the breakdown process is? And, like, yeah, yeah. you know, what's going to happen to this in fucking 100 years? Or you just don't give a shit? Well, I think because of the indoctrination from whatever religious thing it could be, right? They don't look that, that far deep. They're just concerned with, like, the soul. But what if your well, soul if you're is just like concerned with the soul, body? then why are you? Yeah, if you're just concerned with the soul, then why are you uh, like worried about what you're doing with the body? Yeah, just chuck them out with the uh, recycling. Right? I'm not saying that you can put them in the ground respectfully, but we're putting freaking metal in the ground. Your batteries. And <laughs> um, so uh, here's number six on Angel's top five fun funeral facts, uh, but there's seven. Um, some of these weren't even 
like facts. They were just like reasserting the things that you had said earlier. Um, <laughs> but this one was interesting. You asked me about the etymology of the word funeral. Oh, yeah. Um, so it comes from the Latin funus or funer, which means funeral, death, or corpse. Ooh. Um, and that eventually got changed into late Latin for funeralis. Uh, medieval Latin evolved from that, and uh, it came uh, funeralia. Um, and then the old French evolved from that, and it was fu- funeral funeral. F U N E R A I L L E. Funeral. I think it's just funeral, but they write it like fancier. Yeah, and then the late English uh, term funeral evolved from that. So that's the etymology of the word funeral. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Kind of close to fungus, right? Yeah, it is. That's what I was wondering. When I when I said etymology, I meant like look up the like what the um like F U N E R meant in like ancient Hebrew or Greek or whatever the fuck's out there. Mm. Well, you there know you what go. I mean? So in Latin, in Latin, funer means funeral, death, or corpse. So yeah. it's so it's a corpse. Corpse and like whatever a funeral would be back then. Ural, like A L is usually like. R-A-L is usually like a party, right? Mm. Or A-L, like carnival, festival. R-A-L? Or wow. A-L, or just A-L at the end of things. Al? al? Yeah, maybe. Muhammad Ali? Mm-hmm. It could work. Um, so there's one more uh, fact here. Angel's top five fun funeral facts. Um, but there's seven. Uh, this is number seven. This is... Uh, a little interesting. So this is about um, cremation, right? So the guy who created cremation, or he was the first guy to do cremation in the United States. His name was Dr. Francis Julius Lemoyne. Okay. Uh, and he preferred performed the first cremation in the United States in Washington, Pennsylvania, in 1876. Um, wow, really? That was the first one? Yep. Uh, it says he was interested in this process, allegedly, because he believed the decomposing bodies in the local cemeteries were contaminating the local water supply. Um, so that was his reason in, like, researching how to cremate bodies and stuff, because he was like, he believed in that theory that if you bury... The bodies close to the water supply, eventually whatever they had, diseases, is going to leach into the water supply, and then it's just going to reinfect a bunch of people. So, oh, man, he, he was so wrong about that, but... He might have been. Sometimes, well, can't, can't, like Ebola, like if you bury somebody like in a not deep grave and they get a piece of them in a water supply, can't they like replicate? I don't know how that works. I think most, um, like whatever you call them, like vi- either viruses or... Uh, what do you call them? Uh, zoonotic. No, not like that. Like any kind of like virus, fungal organism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't live in a dead body more than a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not going to be, you know, really a problem. I mean, maybe fungal stuff could grow on top of it, but mm. I don't think. I mean, he might have been right. What the fuck do I know? But seems like just like a ploy to... Uh, is that why they made coffins out of metal? So that people's... Like, oh, is that maybe. why they did that? Maybe so, yeah, so they can't leak out. I don't know. Because it was weird to me when I was thinking about it. Like, they probably pretty much, like, unbury everybody, right? 
at some know. point. I don't know. Because how that... you know how like the Catholics have all those like incorruptibles, mm. and like but they bur- they'll bury them and then dig them up like fucking twenty years later. But like, why were you digging this person up in the to begin with? Yeah, yeah. I don't Maybe know. Maybe they were buried that's what I'm know, saying with that the intention of being brought up again. I think that's what they do. Yeah. Well, in 1913, there were 52 crematories in North America. By 1975, there were 425. By 1999, there were 1,400 crematories in America. And then 20 years later, uh, in 2019, they did a study, and the numbers doubled. And there's over 3,000 crematories in America. And don't do the mistake that I did and confuse this for a place that sells ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's not what they do there. But there's 3,000. That's crazy, right? They started off with like 52. So does every funeral home have a cremation per I don't, place? I don't think every... I think you got to be zoned in order to do that. You got to have like... A specific zoning? Yeah, because you can't like... Uh, like the remember Return of the Living Dead where they burned the zombie bodies, but then the virus got into the rain, and then oh. it came out. Like you can't uh burn bodies like th- three hundred feet from a school or some shit like that. There's there's just like rules for whatever reason. But, what? Yeah, but I don't think every funeral home has a crematory mm-hmm. attached to it. I wonder what else that they use crematories for. Not ice cream. I found that out the hard way. <laughs> it's a creamery. What? Just for future, like your know, reference. Creamery? Yeah, if you want ice cream, you're gonna be looking for a creamery. What if you want ice cream in like uh, a setting of like a school gymnasium? Um, you should probably be in jail. Yeah. Unless you're like under eighteen. Well, I mean, you didn't say that there were kids there, right? It's just. It's- you just miss that feeling. You just of, miss that feeling. You want to be in a basketball empty player, school. and you want to go eat ice cream in the place that you last played basketball. Okay. You know. Yeah, but you're not going to purchase like that ice cream inside of the school. You're going to get that before you get there. They used to sell ice cream in my school when I went there. Not anymore, though. Oh. Um. I stand corrected. There was a. They were they were like that Jack and Jill prepackaged shit though. Nobody. Oh, really that's it. bullshit. Um, I wrote. Two, I wrote details about two stories that I kind of want to get to, but I want to rush through these a little bit because we have other topics uh, that we want to get to. Um, so, like we said, we've been talking a lot about funerals and uh, funeral parlors and the services and shit recently. And dead bodies and shit. Yeah. Um, so, I found two stories uh, that happened within the past year of people that got in trouble for either working at a funeral home or a morgue or something like that, uh, for selling body parts from dead bodies. <laughs> um, so this first one, uh, one of the people that was involved is from Pennsylvania. Shout uh, out. And it just happened, like, this past month, uh, in, I think, June 2023, maybe May. Um, but anyway, uh, this guy was a morgue manager at Harvard Medical School. Uh, in Boston, or uh, in the outskirts of Boston, uh, and he's among the group of six others that were charged with stealing and selling human remains from mortuaries at the Ivy League school and the University of Arkansas. What? The group of seven are accused of stealing corpses, including two stillborn infants at Harvard Medical School's anatomical gifts program and, on, and one of Arkansas's mortuaries and crematoriums. 
Wait, they have an anatomical gifts program? Yeah, so I was thinking, like, you'd think they were taking, like, so that word, anatomical gifts, makes you think that, like, big dicks, right? Long, long, <laughs> long, like, tibula or fibula. You think people are getting, like, their knee bones, like, replaced so they can get know. taller? I think shit? anatomical gifts, like, is referring to, like, shit that they can dissect for, mm. um, But you if know. you got, like, a fucking super liver, right? But, like, what were they selling it for, did they say? Like, did they say what the people were doing with the parts? Well, so, 55-year-old uh, Cedric Lodge allegedly stole the remains from his job at the University of Morgue and sold the parts online with the help of his wife, 63-year-old Denise Lodge. Um, they sold the parts online, uh, and then they sold. They had helps from associates, 44-year-old Katrina McLean, McLean, uh, 46-year-old Joshua Taylor and 52-year-old Matthew Lampy. Uh, Damn, they're all fucking old. Yeah, investigators say... Not old, old, but you know what I'm saying. I would expect that like from a like a, a young 20. Well, I showed you the picture of the one dude, right? He had tattoos all over his oh, face. Oh, how old was he? I think he was the 40-year-old dude. Okay. Um, investigators say that one of the clients uh, bought and sold body parts with somebody named Jeremy Pauly. Uh, with the two exchanging more than a hundred thousand dollars between the two, in uh, like I guess parts and receipts or whatever. What? Um, so they got this Jeremy Pauly guy, right? They they started with him. He's the guy that like led to the downfall of this whole crew. Damn. Um, he led detectives to. Damn, he got all the blowback. Yeah, he he Pauly led detectives to Candace Chapman Scott who is accused of stealing cadavers slated for cremation in the Little Rock area, Little Rock, Arkansas, and selling them to Polly in Pennsylvania. So this is the guy from PA. Oh, so they're, that shit's going from Little Rock to PA? Little Rock, Arkansas to PA, so then he could give it to these people who would settle online. But this lady was stealing the body parts from a crematorium in Arkansas, these bodies that were slated to be... Uh, Cremated. Cremated. Yeah. And she would take the body parts off of them and then send it to this guy. Okay. Um, and then he would, I guess, do whatever with them. But what were they... I want to know what they were doing with them. Um, most of the bodies and the parts uh, belong to those who were donated, who donated them for scientific research. So I guess you can choose that when you die. Like, I want my body to go to scientific research. Yeah, I have, like, a great uncle that did that. Yeah, so I guess, like... They were specifically going for these, but maybe because there's like less scrutiny when it comes to like observing any trauma to the tissue or whatever. But like, I just want to know, like, what is this black market for human remains for? I don't know. What like, what are are you doing? Like, um, testing? Are you eating it? Are they trying to like reanimate something? Like, I want to know. So here's the next part. Among the body parts sold included two desiccated faces. Entire faces, um, which McLean paid Lodge $600. Uh, In 2020, Taylor sent Denise Lodge $200, uh, I guess on Venmo, with a memo that read, Brains. Is that how they got caught? No, they got caught because the one dude got caught and he like ratted them all out. This seems like such a small amount of money. (laughs) $100,000 between the, the two guys? Oh wait, they they got a hundred because you said the one part was only six hundred dollars. No, the lady paid six hundred dollars for two desiccated faces, and then the what? other guy sent two hundred dollars to this one lady, and he put in the memo brains. 
So. What a dummy. I don't. It could have been brains that he bought. Um, I gotta stop fucking around in my Venmo messages. <laughs> Officials claim uh, Lodge allowed buyers to enter. Okay, so this is what we were talking about. The it's always sunny thing, and I was like, I can't wait to tell you about this. Yeah. Um. Officials claim Lodge allowed buyers to enter the morgue to pick out what body parts they wanted, personally. He would then steal whatever was remaining and then ship that through the U.S. mail. Defendants face conspiracy and unlawful transportation of stolen good charges. And they carry a maximum of 15 years behind bars. So, if you notice in that last part, there's no charges about dead bodies. No, you said stolen goods. Stolen goods. At and, what point do con- they become goods? And conspiracy charges like RICO charges. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's one more story that this reminded me of. We'll do this last one, uh, and then we'll move on to the rest of the stuff that we want to cover today. Um, but this was funny. This one happened earlier this year. This is from January. Um, and this happened in Colorado. Uh, there was a funeral home worker in Colorado. I think she owned the funeral home. She was found guilty of selling body parts. Um, that's just for the story, because wait till I get to the end. Uh, so the story's from earlier this year. The lady's name was Megan Hess. She was accused of stealing body parts and giving clients fake ashes. Um, she was sentenced to 20 years in prison back in January 2023. She received the maximum sentence after pleading guilty to mail fraud... In November 2022, under a plea agreement in which other the other charges were dropped. What? So they're all, like, basically saying... Mail fraud. I'll, I'll plead guilty to shipping something in the mail that I shouldn't have shipped. But I'm not going to say anything about any dead bodies. I wonder if there's something that happens in the process between a body leaving, like, the hospital dead and arriving at another facility... That it stops becoming human, becoming human remains, and it starts being called like produce or something shit like that. Maybe not that specifically. Not produce, but I'm saying like <laughs> goods and services or whatever. So you're not Slowly getting green. like, you're not getting like desecration charges of like yeah, whatever. I don't know because that's crazy. Um. So, authorities said that on dozens of occasions, Hess and her mother, Shirley Koch who also pled guilty to mail fraud, transferred bodies and body parts to third parties for, quote-unquote, research without family's knowledge. Koch was sentenced to 15 years in prison. That's the mom. Uh, The pair was sentenced after victims testified about the pain that they suffered under the scheme. Hess is 48 years old. Koch is 69. Also fine. Oh. And they operate at the Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in Montrose, Colorado. What? They were arrested in 2020 and charged with six counts of mail fraud and three counts of illegal transportation of hazardous materials. What? The indictment stated that from 2010 to 2018, Hess and Koch offered to cremate bodies and provide their remains to families at a cost of $1,000 or more. But many of the cremations never occurred. Hess created a nonprofit organization in, tw- in 2009 called the Sunset Mesa Funeral Foundation as a body broker service doing business as donor services. What? Hess and Koch also shipped bodies and parts that tested positive or belonged to people who died from infectious diseases, including HIV, 
hepatitis B and hepatitis C. Yeah, that, those were the ones that they wouldn't um, despite take. Despite certifying to buyers that the remains were disease-free. Oh. So they were certifying on paper that there was <laughs> nothing wrong. So they really only got in trouble because they shipped bodies that had diseases. Yeah. And not because they were fucking selling body parts. So, yeah. So Hess's, Hess's lawyer um, told the court that her actions... I don't know what I, what I wrote there. Uh, oh, she he told he told the court her lawyer told the court that she had a oh her actions were motivated by a desire to advance medical research. So that was her like thing. Well, like why not just say that to your client son? Well, yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. I think that all these people are pissed off because all these like responses to these people doing this from like other uh institutions is like i can't believe uh they would hurt the research that we were going to do with these body parts by doing this like they weren't even mad that they were selling these body parts they were like man we were supposed to use those for for our stuff like that's kind of messed yeah, up. Yeah, you guys just fucked up the game for everybody. <laughs> yeah, but how funny Nobody's is that? that they're mad like, about that? They're like, oh, body, oh, man, is our body parts? Oh, you fucked up, bro. I've been saying this shit since we started talking about placentas. Yeah. There's something going on here. Yeah. And um, I don't know what it is, but it's like, didn't they? What were we watching the other day where they said that like, like within your body there's like a, a million dollars worth of parts. Oh, that was that movie with Jerry O'Connell from... Oh, uh, yeah. You might know him from that show, My Secret Identity. I didn't um, until you played me that trailer over and over. I never did that to you. Um, but, yeah, he's... Is that a fever dream? Jerry O'Connell uh, was in this movie. I think it was called, like, Cut and Run or some shit like that. He plays, like, a guy that works in a morgue that, like, is selling body parts to people. And this chick so this is trying is to, this is a like, long-running thing. Yeah. But my, my my whole thing is, like, okay, I see the people are doing it, whatever. Mm. What are you doing with these parts? Like, we're, like, what kind of fuck? Are you making some sort of weird art? Are we, again, like, are you eating it? Are you doing some sort of grafting? Or they have, like, Dr. Frankenstein, like, fucking shit some somewhere. Fucking werewolf syndrome or some shit Who like knows? That? How do you know. know? I mean, there could be all kinds of different research. The mummy returns? Yeah, right? That's exactly, uh... You could be starting some shit like that and not even know it. I think there's a long history of, like, funerals or, like, funerals being used to, like, further the narrative for specific, like, cult-like shit. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny um, that you said that uh, some of this funeral stuff reminds you of, like, different cult practices. Because, you know, I'm still doing my deep dives on the ancient mystery religions and cults and stuff. And I came across... A member of um, what they call the Aventine Triad. Okay. So the Aventine Triad is also called the Agricultural Triad. Okay. Um, and it refers to the triad of Roman cult deities. Okay. So um, that triad was mentioned on the Igivine tablets about St. Ubaldo. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's a goddess named Ceres, C-E-R-E-S. 
Okay, this is what you were this trying to tell me earlier. This is what I was talking about, yeah. So I just wanted to back it up a little bit because I've done a lot of research on the different cults. And yeah. from what I've found so far, a lot of them seem to be like they might be the same thing. Mm. But um, this goddess, Ceres, she is part of, like I said, the Aventine Triad. How do you spell that? C-E-R-E-S. C-E-R-E-S? Yeah, and okay. the other members... Of the triad are Liber, L-I-B-E-R, mm. who's also known as Dionysus, mm. or Liber Pater, which is um, another name for Bacchus. Libation? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Which he's the, um, the, the god of drink. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, so that, that triad, the three gods in that triad is Ceres. Mm. Liber or Dionysus, and mm. then another god called Libera. And so Ceres seems to have been the god of, like, land laws. Like, it seems like her, I don't know, cult mm. was the one who came up with the basis of, like, boundaries between um, people's property lines and, like, what their agricultural stuff, like... Where that was, like, you know, she was the one that decided if someone was stealing off your property or, you know, or if it was their property. Like, that was a goddess that they would go to. But she was also in charge of um, funeral and burials because um, she was the one that you had to, like, basically make a contract with to be able to break the earth and, like, you know, basically cross the boundary between the living and the dead. Okay. So, like, you know how, like, like, who do you go to if you want to learn something these days? Google? Yeah, but, like, if you want to, like, get proof that, like, you learned something, how to do something. Like, construction. Like a school? You go to school, right? Like yeah. Like a professor? Yeah. So, like, you think, like, all these cults weren't really cults. They were just different schools. They were. Yeah, a lot of them were called, like, the cult of something or the school of something. Okay. So, yeah, they were schools. Oh. And that's why I would, what I was kind of getting to was a lot of these, quote-unquote, mystery religions mm. were part of a mystery school mm. where they taught different mysteries. And I think a lot of it went, goes back to, like, sacred geometry and that sort of thing. For Yeah, but... Probably just for that one thing, right? Well, I have only gotten into, like, two or three of them so far, and they all seem to be mostly based on, like, the agricultural gods and, like, the seasons and, okay. like, those sorts of festivals Yeah, yeah. so far. Ceres was the first one that was, like, okay, she came up with basically common law. Like, you know, what, um, whose property was what, um, you know, what, what you had a right to as far as, like, okay. a being on the planet. So, like, they disguised it as, like... What somebody would disguise like commandments as, but in well, yeah, like so instead of you know paying the undertaker, you know nine hundred dollars to dig a hole, you pay Sarah's in like a a pig, a piglet. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can bury your body. Okay. So it's kind of like the same like exchange, but it's going to like a non. What is it like a disembodied being or whatever? (laughs) Exactly, a non-corporeal being. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and she is, um, like I said, she was associated with death and burial because she acted as a conduit between the living and the underworld. 
Mm-hmm. And she was able to maintain boundaries between the living and the dead. Okay. So they said. So Ceres was a member of the, like I said, the Aventine Triad, um, which was part of the Bacchic mystery cult. Okay. So I'm kind of moving backwards here because what I started with after, last week we talked about the Eleusinian mysteries. Yeah, yeah. And when I started talking about the Eleusinian mysteries, I said they were really, um, they were closely related to another religion called Orphism. So I'm thinking Orphism is the second mystery religion. So I went down a hole in Orphism and realized that Orphism is probably just um, a religion that people that had gone to these mystery schools practiced. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it might have not been a religion, right? It might have just been like a way of life. No, it's. I think it's a religion because I'll tell you a little bit about their beliefs. Mm. So, um, it was pre. The Orphism was practiced in the ancient Greek and Hellenistic world, um, and it's ascribed to the mythical poet Orpheus, okay, who descended into the Greek underworld and returned. Um, that type of journey is called a catab. Catabasis or catabasis. Okay. Um, and it is the base of several hero worships and journeys Orphix, um, like, revered. So it's the, the hero story, right? Exactly. The, the Spider-Man, the Batman, the Jesus. Exactly. All those, like, made-up stories about, like, yeah. a person overcoming things and, like, it's exactly. supposed to stand for, like, Literally. the indomitable the human spirit The central focus of Orphism is the suffering and death of the god Dionysus at the hands of the Titans. Yeah. So according to their myth, um, the Titans were mad that their father had had a baby. This baby was Dionysus with like a, I think a mortal or somebody that wasn't like. So the Titans were the offspring of Zeus. Of the gods. Yeah. Uh, mostly the, yeah. Yeah. I'll get into more of this later because I have to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. yeah I almost yeah. clicked on Titans, but I was like, I know there's a thousand of them. So <laughs> let me not fucking get too far down that line yeah but the titans were like the children of the gods yeah so i guess one of the gods had a child with a mortal or like a semi-god whatever and this baby was dionysus okay and the titans were pissed off because i guess it affected their standing in the fucking royal family or whatever they had back then yeah they got to share the resources exactly so they tore the baby apart Mm. baby dionysus and as an act of retribution zeus strikes them all with a bolt of lightning and turns all the titans into sand mm. and out of that sand humanity is born the story of lot exactly <laughs> so they're all the same story right so that's yeah. the, that's their that's Cre- their beginning it's a cremation story right kind of Kind of, yeah. Well, it's a cremation story. It's also a story of like, th- remember when we talked about um, the the purpura was um, like crystals that were ground into like a sand or like cement thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, pur- purpura was like the freaking god name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if that's where they got like sand from. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like the sand is like the the ashes of the gods. Yeah, and or whatever. Uh, that word is related to pupil. Pupil and purple. Pupil is two a things. A student. Right? It's a student. And it's also the form, uh, like, a thing takes before it goes into, like, that cocoon state and then eventually becomes a butterfly. Yeah, it's also p- the part of your pupil. eye that lets the pupil. light in. Oh, yeah. 
shit's weird though right because our language is so fucked up that like it actually kind of like tells you the the mysteries if you just like pay attention yeah yeah it's like wait a minute that word means this too and then you're like wait a minute that would be a total inversion of what i thought it meant and then you're like oh shit well everything's an inversion yeah is it that or is it like an example of the language being so fucked up that it could eventually mean anything anything can mean anything I think it's that, too, yeah. because I think it's kind of everything is a fake language after, like, mod- like before modern times. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, like a tower, tower of Babel kind of thing happened. Yeah, yeah. Then everybody in whatever their part of the world has to come up with a new language. Mm. And then, you know, I guess that's how it happens. I don't know. Yeah. Strange. Well, it's strange. Interesting. But the meaning of things... Mm-hmm. Like is what is what got me because um, just because of the meaning of the word purple is so so deep, so rich in, in meaning, and the yeah. color is the one that takes the most energy to produce. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is crazy hmm. because if that's you know if that's the origin story, that would be like the like the most power that you could get would be like all the gods in a, a you know a thing of lightning. Yeah, true. I don't know. Maybe. These are just my musings. But anyway, so we're talking about the um, Orphism and how they um, centered on the death of the god Dionysus at the hands of the Titans. Um, So then after humanity is born out of the ashes of the Titans, um, the Orphic start to believe that humanity is dualistic in nature Mm -hmm. they have a a body that's given them to them from um the titans Mm -hmm. and then they have a soul that's given them to given to them from uh zeus and then dionysus because i guess part of the story is that he like sews dionysus's heart into his thigh Mm -hmm. or something like that who, who does? Zeus. Like, after they rip the baby's body apart. He puts his daughter's heart. It's a boy. Dionysus oh, is a boy. I thought tattoo. it was a girl. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, in order to achieve salvation from the Titanic or material existence, mm-hmm. one had to be into initiated. And this is according to the Orphic tradition. Mm-hmm. So, according to their tradition, in order to be saved, to get off of the Titanic... Which is weird, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, which stood for material existence. One had to be initiated into the Dionysian mysteries and undergo the telete, um, which was part of that show that we watched, um, the foundation where they have to walk through that like oh. journey or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ritual of pur- purification and reliving of the suffering and death of the god. Mm. And the Orphics believed that they would spend eternity after life with the heroes okay. if they went through this journey. And they thought that people that were uninitiated would just be reincarnated reincarnated indefinitely. So it's kind of like that uh, Viking Valhalla shit, right? Exactly. Like if you're a hero, you get to live in heaven, but if you're a coward, you go to hell or whatever. Well, it's not even... Well, I guess that, but but they're like literally recreating this hero's journey. Like they, you're, they're like, okay, you have to do all these things to like make yourself suffer. I can't believe the... American or like I guess the human nature. It's a sweat and squeeze. Hasn't gotten tired of that story so far. I guess like you can only like you know rewrite it so many times before you're like wait a minute. Yeah, but like it's been done so many times that like there's so many religions and movies and 
books and TV shows and songs and everything based off of this, like, archetype of, like, you have to suffer in order to, like, get good things out of it, right? But, like, it's been done so many times. Like, so many times. I guess it, maybe it's it has to keep going. Maybe that's, like, what we were talking about earlier. Like, why is it, like, a thing that keeps repeating? Maybe it's a thing that needs to keep repeating because humans haven't learned the lesson yet. They haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe. It's like, if everybody's wearing the same fucking color, yeah. get out of there. Yeah. Because <laughs> it could be a cult or you could be around Crips, right? Either way. Yeah. Either way. Blood will be spilt. Oh, man. But anyway, so the Orphics, or people that practice Orphism, were Essenes, or Therapeutae, like I was telling you about before. So they okay. were part of that sect of people. Yeah. Um, they also would give their dead afterlife instructions for when they arrived in the underworld. Um, they found, like, these um, gold tablets in Patelia in southern Italy. Yeah. Um, which is funny that all this shit keeps coming back to Italy, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it says, I am the sun of the earth and starry, starry sky. I am parched with thirst and I am dying. But quickly, grant me cold water from the lake of memory. So the other one reads, he must take care not to drink of the lathe of forgetfulness but of the pool of nemesine or memory. So that's like what I guess it's like the story is the lathe is also the river sticks. And mm-hmm. I guess they say that like when you get there, if you, it's another example of not being not supposed to drink or eat anything in the underworld. Mm. But apparently the, the river is, um, forgetfulness. So if you drink from the river of forgetfulness, then you forget you reincarnate. Mm, if you okay. take a drink from the pond of memory, mm, you then you, everything. yeah, then you don't have to like do that round, I guess, or something mm, like okay. that. Yeah. So, um, there was another part of the tablet that says, now you have died and now you have come into being oh thrice happy one on this same day. Tell Persephone that Bacchic one sent, I'm sorry. Tell Persephone that the Bacchic one himself released you. The Bacchic one. Which is Satan, I think. Mm. Right? Because it's ba- Bacchus, I think, also translates to, like, Baal. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, I think. I mean, here's the other thing that I have to do is each one of these people I'm talking about mm. is another ten people in these other, like, religions. Like, they're just called different names. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so... So eventually people base their entire thing off of this one person or entity who they think is named one thing, and eventually, I guess, they discover that it was something else the entire time. Yeah. Right? Pretty much. Wild. It's it's really crazy. Um, so um, they found other bone tablets in um, Ukraine, actually, mm. with Orphic uh, inscriptions, and they said little short things like life, death, life, truth. So they definitely believed in some sort of, like, reincarnation cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, like life after death, and then you find truth. Yeah. So it still kind of ties back to Christianity in a way. Like, they're they're relying on a, a savior that comes back yeah. or that descends into the underworld and comes back. Yeah. You know, it's all the kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So 
Um, Speaking of that, did you see, real quick, not to cut you off, but did you see in the news, there's all these uh, World War II era skulls that are resurfacing in this, like, river in the Ukraine because, like, there's a drought going on because that oh. John, like, blew up. So they're finding, these people are finding these, like, World War II era skulls just, like, dotted along the banks of this, like, dried up river. It's fucking crazy. What are they doing with them? Are they just leaving them? I guess divers used to use them as, like, some type of, like, uh, directionary thing. Like, when you get to the... When, when you, you get, get to the third skull on the right? the third kraut skull. <laughs> the turn left or some shit. Are they going to do, like, DNA tests on them and, like, send them to the families or something? Uh, do they have to? I don't know. I got a feeling that they're going to take them and find a way to sell them they're to just, people They're just alive. produce now. Who buys bones, The right? bones are their money. <laughs> Remember when we went to that oddity shop in Philly and I asked the lady, like, what was the weirdest thing that somebody's brought here? And she said a human skull, she right? Looked, she looked me dead in the eyes. She was like, I, to be honest, she's like, people have brought in skulls with uh, dirt still on the skull. <laughs> Fucking wild. <laughs> That's wild. You think you could bring a human skull into a pawn shop? Um, no, I think it has you. From what I've seen in episodes of Pawn Stars, you have to have like a certificate that says you're allowed to sell that particular body part or whatever. Real quick, I, not to go down another side trip, my TV's on this like screensaver thing and they're about to show this promo for uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, look at the purple at the top, right? Do you notice anything at the bottom? It looks like a devil. It looks like a cross in the mountain. You see it? It looks like a cross, but look at that. It looks like there's like a guy in the middle that looks like, like he's got like Satan. You see his eyes? It's probably Bowser mouth. or something. But wild, right? That's pretty With weird. the purple coming out of it. But that reminded me of the thing you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with the skulls. Um, so you were saying that. Yeah. I was saying that what? What part were you on with your notes? <laughs> Well, when you cut me off and started talking about the Super Mario Brothers, I, I was going to tell you guys about how orphism is also related to Pythagorean. Jesus Christ, can you say the word Pythagoreanism? Pyth- Pythagoreanism? Pythagoras? Yeah, so Pythagoras. Mm. Apparently, he has a whole ism too. Mm. Or And so I guess because all this shit is so old, they're trying to decide whether Pythagore- Pythagoras wrote the Orphic mysteries or if oh. he was an initiate to the orphic mysteries because a lot of people are saying that he wrote some of their like and he was around like the same time that yeah they okay yeah um so they like i said they believed in um metempsychosis which is the tri- transmigration of the soul or reincarnation after death um and i told you that they they also both recognize dionysus so let's talk a little bit about Dionysus because um, I believe that this cult is still going on. Okay. And I think that so Dionysus is the god of winemaking, orchards, fruits, vegetation, fertility, festivity, insanity, ritual madness, religious ecstasy, and theater. Also known as Bacchus, his wine, music, and ecstatic dance. Free his followers from self-conscious fear and care and subvert the oppressive restraints of the powerful. Mm. Hollywood. 
Yeah, so there were several cults in Hollywood, right? In the there was rec- a Blackburn cult, like right? The Blackburn cult pledged allegiance to Dionysus in some way. Uh, the cult of Dionysus was its own thing. Right. That we, I think there's like historical records of them like having meetings and shit in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, that's a whole nother... That's so. Here's what I think. I think this shit's still going on, and I think it's been folded into religion. Yeah. It's been folded into media mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like I don't know. Like so. Okay. Dionysus symbols are the bull, mm-hmm. a panther, lions and tigers, goats and snakes. Okay. Um. A lot of the things that through different uh, forms of, uh, I guess you would say, like religious propaganda uh, a lot of those animals have been shown on both sides of yeah. the thing right they've mm-hmm. shown uh goats as like evil snakes is evil and then sometimes they showed like snakes is like the good guys the snakes are the serp the salve the salve yeah salve volcano salvation oh. salve okay snake oil yeah 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 all right yeah it's pretty crazy so, anyway, um, the Eleusinian Mysteries also identify Dionysus, um, and they and they kind of, like, equate them with the god Demeter that we talked about. Okay, yeah. I don't know if they were, like, how they were related, but they were related in some way. Yeah. Um, Demented but, means crazy? Oh, yeah, Demeter. Ritual, what'd you say? Ritualistic Dementor. madness? What was it? Yeah, well, no, yeah, that's true. It says ritualistic madness. <laughs> that sounds, I don't know if that sounds fun or not. Would you do ritualistic madness? It's literally the gathering of the juggalos. Oh, Remember how you were like, shit. I think everything is the gathering of the juggalos? And yeah, I was like yeah. reading the shit, and I'm like, oh, it is. Oh. <laughs> I, um, I don't want that heat from that uh, fan base. So, um,. One of the Orphic Orphic traditions that was found said that um, Zeus, Hades, and Helios, which was also known as Dionysus, so Dionysus was also known as Helios. Okay. Um, were Sun three god. gods in one godhead. Oh, so you needed um, all three of them to meet the the Megazord, the Megazeus. Yeah, but it's funny though because each cult, each religion has a a three thing, three god thing the, and that's yeah, what got me back to the aventine triad mm. because they were mentioned on the iguvine tablets that they found in gubbio italy yeah and on there there's a reference to that running of the saints thing that they did except it was for like an agrarian cult okay and um the the three figures were um liber potter saris and libera and I'm wondering if one of them, th- that's actually who they stand for. Mm. You know what I mean? Instead of uh, Ubaldo, yeah. George, and Anthony, maybe it's really like a front for the Nina, the, agrarian, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. The Nina, the Santa, exactly. Oh, shit. So, um, other things I wanted to say uh, the Bacchic cult, which is also the cult of Dionysus, was outlawed. By Rome, by the Roman Empire in 692 um, BC. Okay. Or I'm sorry, CE, Common Era. So I guess people that aren't religious call BCE before Common Era, which means. Okay, and then CE would be. Common Era, yeah, exactly. But it's hard for me to like remember that, and then I don't know what fucking era I'm talking about. Yeah. But anyway, 
Um, so something called the Quinisext Council was held then, and they outlawed the Ambaka cult. Um, and they were doing this feast called Brumalia every year. Um, and then I don't know if you've heard of Bacchanalia. Yeah. Haven't you heard that? That's that was the like ritual that they did every year. I think we talked and about that in a previous episode. I think something. we did. Yeah. Um, and so some of the things that they did during these like Bacchic rites, Bacchanalia, uh, was public dances of women, ritual cross dressing. Oh. In the wear, the wearing of Dionysic masks and the invoking of Bacchic name when squeezing out the vine or pressing or pouring. Um, like wine vines, like wine from a jar. If you're squeezing out wine from grapes or pressing okay. grapes into a wine jar. Yo, I just figured out Target's problem. What? Take away the terminology of tuck friendly and call it Bach friendly. Back, exactly. Bacchus friendly. Yeah, they won't know. They won't know. Oh, just change the words. It's wild, right? I wonder if Bacchanalia was around the time of Pride Month. No. <laughs> Like, it would be really funny if they were just getting people to do ritualistic cross-dressing. Like, who I mean, cares? That's what they do in, like, those churches where they make them wear those, like, uh, gowns, right? That's what the priests do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what the monks do. That's yeah. what, like, literally, that's what the mummers do. The, oh. <laughs> Yo, who won in a fight between the mummers and the juggalos? Mm, juggalos. You no, maybe so? the mummers. I don't know. The mummers um, are probably... Who do you think are more heavily armed? The mummers could honestly. Probably, there's probably a lot of cross section in that. In the that, mummers uh, could probably table. fight better, like hand to hand. But I think the juggalos are more likely to have weapons on them. That's what I was thinking, though. I think the mummers might be more likely to have weapons on them. I mean, they got like like fucking like a. They're a, from Philly. They got umbrellas made out of fucking cloth. That's the thing, though. It's probably the, gonna go to the juggalos because. You got juggalos in every state. You only have mummers from Philly. Mm. I don't think there's mummers anywhere else. There might be, but I I feel like anytime I've ever told anybody about the mummers parade, outside of the Philadelphia the area. Philadelphia area, they were like, "What are you talking about?" You think there was ever a time when they were like, "We got to spread this message across the entirety of the continental United States." Probably. And they try to do like a mummers parade in like fucking South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, I think they probably did, and then they were like, fuck that shit. They just got the shit beat out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, what I wanted to just kind of like close with with this stuff is that I'm going to be continuing to do a deep dive and trying to make like parallels between like our religions now and what Mm. they were doing then. And, you know, kind of trying like, you know, I keep coming back to St. Ubaldo, which is funny that you're the one that found that story because it seems like everything keeps going back to that area in Italy, Mm. Um, which is, I think, where the Phoenicians were from. Okay. so, um, yeah, I'm just I'm going to I'm going to keep digging. Yeah. It seems like there's three religions that I found that were like they're called the mystery religions, and that was the um, Eleusinian mysteries. Oh. The um, fuck, I wrote the other one down. Now I can't remember it. Mithraicism. Okay. And then Orphism. Okay. But then there's a thousand different mystery schools and cults. So I don't know if these people went to the mystery schools and then joined a certain religion, or if they, you know what I mean. You also don't know if those three main ones are leftovers from a time when there were more 
You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, and those are just the ones that are left over. And maybe there were different ones that did other shit. I'm those. sure there were because of what we have left over and honestly what has been translated and put out for people's consumption yeah. is so small. But just from the, the little bit that I've read, I'm like, oh my God, this is all like so similar. Yeah, Like yeah. the one thing I was, I was reading was like how... Um, let me just find it so I can read it correctly. But it was like saying how each religion relied on a God that left and came back. Yeah. Christianity. Yeah. And a God that was from another place that was coming into town, which was Jesus and Christianity. Yeah. Because that's what this Dionysius guy was like from somewhere else. But it was the same with that like Porphyrus guy. Remember I told you he changed his name to Basilica? Mm, yeah, yeah, I said yeah. it in a couple episodes before that, but yeah, he yeah. like described himself as a king too. So it seems like all these guys just like get it in their mind to like move to the next town. They might know a little bit more than like the Hicks in the West. Yeah. So they go there and they're like, all right, this is the religion. I don't know yet though. There's three popes. There's three popes Currently. that we know of. <laughs> and why are they calling it Escape from the Titanic? That's pretty crazy to me. I don't know. What do you think the iceberg represents? I don't know. Maybe like um, uh, a hole in the boat. Oh. <laughs> and uh, all the innocent people that drowned that day stand for? Uh, blood sacrifices. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I could just be assuming things. But what I was reading about with Dionysus, which I think I skipped over, was that... Um, Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Hit me with it. I'm going to hit you with it. Okay, so he had something with him called Maynards or something, Mm -hmm. which was basically just um, like women of the court. Mm -hmm. And it said that they um, fed the dead through blood offerings. Fed the dead? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Festivals of Dionysus include the performance of sacred dramas enacting his myths. The initial driving force of the development of theater in Western culture was the cult of Dionysus. Oh, uh, so they were just doing like, uh, what's that called? Like like a mass? Like exactly. A, like a, what's that called? A, like a, a confirmation or yeah, whatever the fuck? Yeah, exactly. But it's just, they were good actors, so they just decided to take it on the road. Right. So, okay, so the cult of Dionysus is a, is also a cult of the souls. Mm. His maenads, or female, I said maenards, but maenads, or female followers, or raving ones, yeah. feed the dead through blood offerings, and he acts as a divine communicant between the living and the dead. Dionysus also sometimes categorized as a dying and rising god. The maenad in True Blood, in that, I think it was the first season, was that chick that was in the woods that every time she was like around people she made them have like an orgy? Oh shit. She had like uh like bull horns. The raving ones. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do at raves? Uh don't you have orgies and shit? No. Not not at Wait, when was the last time you went to a rave? Never. Oh. I never got invited to one. <laughs> Honestly though, like I don't think that kind of music was popular like when I would have been rave age. Yeah. I went to a couple of fun ones. Really? And they, they were, actually, now looking back at it, they, a couple of those did turn into orgies, but I left way before that. <laughs> um, this was fun. 
It was fun. Yeah. Do you feel like you got... Uh, well, I got, you know, I'm definitely going to be diving into the rest of the mystery schools. I got, like, um, about 12 different cults to look into. Oh, wow. And I just want to, like, yeah, that's pretty funny, right? <laughs> um, and I just want to kind of see what each one of them are about so I can kind of put the pieces together. Yeah. And see, like, okay, these guys did this. Like, I know that the other cult did stuff with the fertility gods. Ceres has got something to do with breaking the earth. Yeah. So it seems like there's, like, contracts made with all these, like, deities or some shit. I don't know. Hmm. Well, and for those of you that are worried out there, she's definitely not doing this for market research in order for her to start her own cult. So no, absolutely not. Not going to do that. I would never ask somebody for a blood sacrifice. <laughs> it would have to be an offering. Yeah. Well, I think that's the point of all of them, right? They can't ask for it, but... You if know what's weird? I'm going to tell you one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Do you know what they also call the king when they're doing this coronation event? What's that? A sacrifice. Ooh. Sacrilege. Oh. There's something. Ball sack. Ball, back, back sack. Bow sack. Exactly. Shit. All right, guys. Listen, uh, this was fun. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our funeral talk uh, so much that we did two episodes on it. Um, but it was fun. Uh, we're going to keep on keeping on with our research. Yeah, and, uh, until we find out where those bodies are going. Yeah, we got to get to the bottom of that. And once we figure out what God we're serving. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or what they think that we're having, they're having us serve. I still got to make you watch that Phantasm movie. But uh, this is going to be too much to discuss now. So with that, guys, thank you so much. Um, we will check you again soon. Yes, we will. So uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, I did. I did too. See you guys later. Peace. singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little Betty Bice. Have you been Betty Bice? It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed and its perception of truth blotted out.